Pastor Ed Taylor says, don't make this mistake. This is where we can make a big mistake. We all know that salvation started by faith, and we all realize that it started that way, but we will make the choice to go from faith to works. And it just won't get you where. Just like sin won't get you where you want to go, neither will all these good works. The just shall live by what, church? Faith. The just shall live by faith. You and I being justified by Jesus will live by faith. We don't need to condemn ourselves. That's sinful. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. We're thrilled to be with you again, and welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor will be with us in just a moment, and the plan today is to finish off Hebrews chapter 10. The emphasis of today's message is that life is from faith to faith, not faith to works. We may recognize that we're saved by faith, but we also need to know the life that follows is to be by faith as well. Let's learn more about that right now. When you drove here today, you exercised great faith. Maybe you didn't realize it, but you exercised great faith and great trust. You exercised trust and faith in complete strangers in order to drive here today. First of all, if you drove on a road that had a double yellow line, you had faith in the other side, in the driver on the other side of that double yellow line, that they believe that the double yellow line means the same thing as it means to you. You understand you should be on the right side of it. They understand they should be on the right side of it. And if we both have the same type of belief, we're going to drive just fine in opposite directions. Or if you're making a left turn, you know, heading down Hampton here and you're going to turn left on Tower and you got the green, the green uh, left turn signal up there and it flashes green on you and you proceed to take a left turn, you're exercising faith. You're exercising faith that the person on the other side recognizes the red light and that that red light means stop to them just like the green light means go to you. But you do it so often, you don't pay attention. That's faith. You live by faith. A lot of people go, I don't know. I don't think I can live by faith. Your whole life is lived by faith. I mean, let's get before you drive and before anything. When you go out to the parking lot and you place your key in your car. Now, most of us, there's probably a few of you that do, but most of us have no idea how cars work. Like you put the key in. I don't know what happens there. All I know is if I turn the key... All kinds of stuff happens. The engine gets on. I put it in drive and I'm out of here. But I know I'm not going to be able to do that until I put the key in and turn it. Or, you know, I have, I drive in Marie's old car now. And many years ago, because of the snow, I put one of those remote starts in there. She wants it all warm before she gets in. But now I get it. So it's kind of cool. (laughs) But for some reason, I don't even have to put the key anymore. I just push the button. But now the button doesn't work anymore. So now I have to be like five inches from the car. And what's the good of that to be five inches from the car to get it to... Re- <sighs> I'm sorry. Those are my personal problems. <laughs> but even pushing the button, I don't know what works inside that little thing that sends the message, that sends the message, that turns on everything. I don't need to know that. I just know this. When I put the key in and turn it, the car turns on. That's all I need to know. And every time I turn the key... 
I trust that the car's gonna do what it's supposed to do. So much of life is filled with faith. And so it makes sense that God would say, the key to living your life with me is by faith. You trust me. You trust me at my word. You trust me as I've proven myself to you in the past. You trust me with the evidence that I provided to you of who I am, God says. You trust me. It is from, like Romans said, faith to faith. It's not from faith to works. We receive the gift of salvation, and it starts with faith. It doesn't take much for us to remember that when we were saved, it was by faith. It wasn't by works. We didn't wait till we read the whole Bible. When I was born again, and I walked up to a stage just like this and prayed with a pastor just like, like I'm doing now, and when I received the Lord Jesus Christ, do you know that I had not read the whole Bible yet? I didn't even read most of the Bible yet. I didn't even, I didn't even have, I probably only knew John 3.16 and maybe Psalm, parts of Psalm 23 about some shepherd, but that's it. And yet I was, I was saved. My sins were forgiven. It wasn't required that I read the whole Bible in order to be saved. All that was required is that I believe God. And then, as I continued to live my life, and I read, you know, things were so bad that not only did I not read the Bible, but I didn't even own a Bible. And here we were, parents with a small child, didn't even have a Bible in the house. My church attendance was here and there, maybe not, not because I wanted to go, because my son was in a, uh, Eddie was in a daycare at a church, and so they'd have events that sometimes they'd invite you, so I'd walk into a church for an event, for a marriage, for a funeral maybe. I mean, I even played on a Christian softball team. Imagine that, when I get to heaven, I say, hey, uh, God, how, how, why should I let you in, Ed? Because I held hands on the middle of a baseball field. I played softball with a bunch of Christians, and I prayed. And you know what God would say to that? That's filthy rags, Ed. That's filthy rags, dirty diapers, not to be in my presence. It's from faith to faith. You're not saved because you've read the Bible, as good as that might be. You're not saved because you're sitting in this room today or you've got all the presets on your radio, the Christian radio, or you've done 10 good deeds or 1,000 good deeds. You're saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ that met you at the point of your faith. It's the same way your car gets turned on. The car does all the work. It's met with your faith of turning that key or pressing that button. It's from faith to faith. And how important it is that we learn that the just shall live by faith. Let's go over to Habakkuk. Would you in the Old Testament, Habakkuk chapter 2? Because that's the original place where this verse comes from. So if you go back to the left in your Bible, Habakkuk is right after Nahum. So if you see Nahum or Zephaniah, it's in that area toward the end of the Old Testament. And this is where the verse comes from. It's actually mentioned four times in the Bible. It originates here in Habakkuk. And by the way, Habakkuk is a, is a man's name. He's a person. He's a prophet of God. And Habakkuk is upset in his life at this point. He is watching the Babylonian kingdom, the Babylonians come in and take captive the people of God. And he's mad. He's mad at God. He's frustrated as he watches this take place. And he's comparing, he's like, what, what is going on here? Why would you show favor to the Babylonians and not to your own people? Well, why, why is it that the Babylonians are coming in and they're going to crush us and take advantage of us and we're being judged? They're, they're the ones that hate you, God. They're the ones that don't want anything to do with you, God. Just like the psalmist would say many times. And Habakkuk is just blown away. He's upset. 
by the wicked Babylonians coming to, and he's mad at God and he's com- communicating. Notice in chapter one, verse one, it says, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry? Won't you hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. What is, why is this happening? And then notice in chapter two, that's the sum of chapter one. Then chapter two, he says, Habakkuk writes, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and I'll watch to see what God will say to me and what I'll answer when I'm reproved. Because he knows he's in a dangerous place. He knows that God's going to have an answer for him as he's seen even in the book of Job where Job was going through a tough, difficult time and he got upset and God brought to him a reproof or a rebuke reminding, you know, what Job forgot. And this is what pain and trials will do in you. It'll cause you to forget the goodness of God and his faithfulness. And you'll only see life through the circumstances. And just yesterday, I was reminded of this as I was driving in to services. I was listening to Pastor Chuck Smith on my app and, and he was reminding me, and I'll have the privilege of reminding you now, that anytime we get our eyes on our circumstances, that is the root of fear. Where we don't see who God is, but we're overcome by our circumstances. Of course, that happens to us all. But the choice to remain focused on the difficulty is a choice that we make. And it's really a choice whether we believe God or not. That we trust him with our lives, even when things aren't going the way that we want. Like Habakkuk. Hey man, look what's happening. God, why would you do this to me? Why why would you allow this to us? I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. And so now he's waiting and look at what God says to him in verse 2. He says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision's yet for an appointed time, but at the end it'll speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, verse 4. His soul is not upright in him. And then here is the word to Habakkuk. But the just, they shall live by faith. So the Babylonians, they're proud and and they don't have any uprightness. You see them, Habakkuk, but you're just and the just shall live by his faith. And basically he was telling Habakkuk, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. The only thing that's going to get you through is trust me. God says, trust me. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. And that's a very difficult thing to do, especially as you see in the context of waiting in verse three, when he says, wait for it, wait for it. The longer you wait, the more temptation there is to believe lies about God, to believe he doesn't care about you anymore, to believe that he's abandoned you, to believe that he has turned on you, that his word isn't true because the longer the circumstances are in your life, the more difficult it gets to trust God. The more difficult it gets because circumstances get bigger and bigger and bigger the longer that we look at them and the longer that we're in him. So we have a choice to be buried by our circumstances or to choose to trust in the Lord as we wait. This is a big deal in our lives. It has everything to do with what, what kind of progress we make. Even as I was praying this morning in my devos before I even got into the car, before I even turned the key, I was praying and there's this issue that I keep bringing before the Lord and I'm just telling you, he answered my prayer before I even left the house. He said to me, he says, Ed, it's because you don't believe me. And I said, what, Lord? Is there an Ed? I have a next-door neighbor named Ed. Is that, are you talking to my neighbor? Are you talking to me? You talk, you're telling me I don't believe, and what can I say? I actually didn't say, are you talking to me? I said, you're right, Lord. I don't believe. It reminded me of the apostles when Jesus looked at them, oh, ye of little faith. Why are you sleeping? 
when you should be praying? And the answer is not to beat myself up. And the answer is not to condemn myself. The answer is to ask God to increase my faith. I wonder how many of you have similar situations that in your life and in your prayer life, maybe not so direct, but God tends to be very direct with me because this is it, because you don't believe me. And other times in my prayer life, but I do believe. I'm just having a hard time. Or, or like today, so you're right, Lord. You're right. I wonder how many of you that it's a battle for faith. And what you do to try to cover that up is, well, I'll just do more good deeds for God, and I'll just serve God more, and I'll just read the Bible more, and I'll just pray more. That'll do it. But all it really is is covering up your faith and lack thereof. Do you know, by grace, because salvation is a gift of God, do you know that you don't have to read your Bible in order to be in a right standing with God? You don't have to pray. I even say as much, in, in order to be right with God, you do not have to be here today. You don't have to. I mean, if I offered to say, okay, everybody that, you know, I'm sure there's a few people here. Anybody that doesn't want to be here, if you don't want to be here, you think you have to be here, you just get up and leave. Go ahead. We'll wait for you. Now, of course, nobody will do that because they think they'd be embarrassed. But it's true. You don't have to be here. If you're here because you feel like you're being forced to be in a church service, don't be here. Because the motivation in serving God is not that I have to. The motivation in serving God is because he loves me. And I love him. I would have never known love had it not been God's first loving me. And you know love is a powerful motivator. <laughs> it will make people do crazy things, love. Love instigates and love massages and love lubricates and love helps and it moves people like nothing else on the planet. I think of a mother's love for their children or a parent's love or a grandparent's love or the love in relationships and friendships. I, I think of the ultimate love of God sacrificing his own son on our behalf. It moves us so that you don't cover up your lack of faith by more action. It's not going to get you where you want to go. Activity. You're not saved from faith. And, and this is where I want to close today because you're not saved by faith to works. We're saved by faith to faith. It's trust. That, that's your loving relationship will, will have you in the Bible. Right? Your faith was built up even now because faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. You're beginning to trust God. Habakkuk is all bent out of shape about what's happening. And God says, look, you're going to see it all happen with your own eyes, Habakkuk. It's going to happen all around you. And how are you going to live? Trust me. Trust me. Believe what I've said is true. You've seen me operate in the past. You're seeing me operate in the present. And I know this is not good. I know it's very hard. But the just shall live by faith. You know, that phrase is a revolutionary truth. A revolutionary truth. Just a few days ago, our whole entire country celebrated what they call Halloween on October 31st. And it's a big deal and it's become very commercial and all. And that's, we take that opportunity ourselves to, to do an opposite, shine the light of the gospel in our neighborhood and it's great. But you know, October 31st also has another name to it. Did you know that? It's also known as Reformation Day. Reformation Day in the church. There was a guy by the name of Martin who was a Roman Catholic priest struggling under the weight and bondage of the religious system of Romanism. 
And, and he was finding himself in a place where he wasn't satisfied and he wasn't happy. And he was the kind of man that would beat himself because he only saw his faults and his failures. And as he was striving and working and struggling, he did have access to the Bible. And as he was reading the Bible, he came across the passage in Galatians chapter 3 where it said, the just shall live by faith. And there was a revolution that happened in this man's life, Martin. You probably know him better as Martin Luther. And Martin Luther had a revolution happen in his life that caused him, as he continued to read the Bible, to say the way that the Roman Catholic Church is going is the wrong way. And he took his 95 theses that he wrote out and he went to the Wittenberg door and he nailed them to the door that began a reformation in the church. You can thank God that we are still benefiting from that partial reformation even to this day because it instituted a life of faith like the Bible teaches and not works. And we today have great benefit to live by faith in Jesus Christ. It's not by works. It's not by religion. It's not by religious activity. It's by trusting God. So three other times in the New Testament it's mentioned. We saw it in Romans chapter 1 verse 17. The emphasis there is on the just we saw it in Galatians chapter 3. The emphasis there is a believer's life. And then again in Hebrews chapter 11, the emphasis there is faith. So each one has an emphasis in its context. Which, by the way, because it's here in Hebrews chapter 10, to me is one more evidence that Paul is the author of Hebrews. Because Paul writes it in Romans, he writes it in Galatians, and now here it is again in Hebrews. Why? Because I believe a reformation and revolution happened in Saul of Tarsus when he learned how to live by faith and trust in the word of God and not his religious activities or even in his religion. And so you have a whole new attitude when it comes to faith. It's not that you have to or that you've got to. It's that you get to. That the Lord has invited you. God has invited you into relationship with him. A brother came up after service last night and he was distraught. He was distraught as he listened to the Bible study and it stirred up in, in him so many things that he wants to see changed in his life. And one of them was his relationship with his son. And as we began to talk and pray together, I asked him some simple questions because, you know, a person in that place is very vulnerable and if you just tell them to go do a bunch of things, they'll go do a bunch of things. But that wasn't the answer for him. The answer for him was the answer for you. And the answer for you is the answer for me. I respond to my weaknesses by faith. I trust God to show me, to lead me, to guide me, to convict me, to strengthen me, to help me, to give me the hupomone, the endurance. It's all God and not Ed. My response is by faith. And so when I began to talk to him about the practicalities, I said, in the issue with his son, I said, so, so when's the last time you just read the Bible with your son? And his answer was, never. And I said, well, you get to read the Bible with your son. You should probably do that. And when's the last time you had night prayers with him before you left, before you put him down to bed? He says, well, I can't really remember. And I said, well, you get to. You get to pray with your son. You get to read the Bible. When's the last time he saw you in the front room with the TV off and the Bible open? Well, you get to. You get to turn the TV off and you get to read about God. You get to be an example. You, you think that the action is, well, I've tried, and he'd shared a bunch of things. I tried this and I tried this and I tried this and I tried this. But when we try things, we find ourselves in a place not being led by the Lord, but rather trying to fix a problem 
instead of allowing God to work in and through us? And so the answer is very simple. By faith, God will give you the answer that you're looking for in the moment. And it's not that you have to. You go, well, you know, what kind of dad are you? You don't read the Bible to your kids. No, no, no. Hey, when's the last time you read? Because you get to do that. You should probably do that with them. It's kind of cool. Talk about things of God with your kids. And the problem is, is that we think, well, if I read the Bible with my kid five nights in a row, I will have a perfect kid by Saturday. (laughs) But that's not reality. Because that perfect kid that you're looking for doesn't have a perfect mom or dad. But we're on the journey together, aren't we? Growing in grace. And we talk about our culture and we talk about the things that invade our lives, but you're going to have to be the judge of that in your own home, in your own family. You're going to have to let the Lord show you. You're going to have to let the Lord allow you. uh, You have to ask yourself for God to allow you to see what's happening in your life, how culture has infiltrated us. See, when we receive a strong word like this, the just shall live by faith, It's matched with a bunch of different questions, maybe some condemnation and stuff, but that's not God's intent. And the mistake that we make, and listen carefully, this is where we can make a big mistake. We all know that salvation started by faith, and we all realize that it started that way, but we will make the choice to go from faith to works. And it just won't get you where. Just like sin won't get you where you want to go, neither will all these good works. The just shall live by what, church? Faith. The just shall live by faith. You and I being justified by Jesus will live by faith. We don't need to condemn ourselves. That's sinful. We don't need to have these unrealistic expectations, lay heavy trips on ourselves and on others. And why didn't you? And why won't you? And why aren't you? That'll get you nowhere. But rather, you find yourself God remembering that God works in you. Remember Philippians chapter 2, verse 13? It's God that works in you both to do, to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's God working in us teaching us that the just shall live our entire lives by faith. The issue in your life today is not a works issue, it's a faith issue. And if you will simply choose to believe God, you will then begin to enjoy him despite the circumstances. Somebody even came up for service and said, Ed, they were sharing with me some real difficult things in their life. I said, Ed, I know you struggle about this certain situation. And I looked her in the eye and I said, I do not struggle with that situation. I believe it's God's will for my life. And you could see the freedom that was in her life. Because even what you think other people are going through can somehow show you, well, you know, if Ed's struggling with it, no, no, no. In the moment right here, I can say, I believe that is God's will for my life. And in that place of faith, there's great strength. And then when I waver from it, the Lord will say, well, here's the problem, Ed. The problem is you don't work hard enough for me. So get out there. No, he doesn't say that. He says exactly what he said to me today. It's because you don't believe me, Ed. You don't believe my word. And I just say, oh, Lord, help my unbelief. I want to grow in my faith relationship. I don't want to grow in my works. And I don't want to grow in all that the church might require. And I don't want to grow in rules and regulations and rituals. I don't want to grow by crawling backwards on my knees through rocks and cut glass and say, here I am, God. I've done everything for you, including crawling on my knees backwards through rocks and glass and jaw. No, no, no. The just shall live by faith. It begins with God. It ends with God. And everything in between is from God 
through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for hanging out with us here at Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Are you interested in hearing this again? If so, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora app. You can search for Calvary Church or Ed Taylor, or listen to us through Apple Podcasts. Now, this month, we're featuring an excellent book by our friend in the ministry, Gail Irwin. It's called The Jesus Style. When Jesus taught us that the greatest must become like a servant, what was he driving at? Well, we find the answer by studying the life of Jesus and his style of ministry. It is totally opposed to our natural leanings, so we need some help. Request a copy of The Jesus Style today when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. You can also now order resources like this through our new e-store at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. Glad you've taken time out for our study in Hebrews. Join Pastor Ed Taylor each day as we continue to learn how to live by God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 